Welcome to the Medovia Menopause Podcast, your trusted source for evidence-based, science-backed information related to menopause. Medovia is dedicated to changing the narrative about menopause by educating, raising awareness, and supporting women in this stage of life, both at home and in the workplace. Visit medovia.com to learn more. I'm one of your hosts, April Haberman, and I'm joined by Kim Hart. We're co-founders of Medovia, certified health coaches, registered yoga teachers, and midlife mamas specializing in menopause. You're listening to another episode of our podcast, where we offer expert guidance for the most transformative stage of life, bringing you real conversations, education, and resources to help you overcome challenges and reach your full potential through midlife. Join us and our special guests each episode as we bring vibrant, fun, and truthful conversation. And let us help you have a deeper understanding of menopause. Today's guest is Michelle Cecil. As part of our Women's History Month, Michelle joins us for her personal menopause testimony. Michelle is a private music teacher teaching piano and voice and has been doing that for the better part of the last 30 years. She is a musician who plays keys and sings on her worship team at church and also sings with an ELO tribute band called Face the Music. Michelle's 55 years old and is postmenopausal and has had her own battle with PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome. If that's of interest to you or you're familiar with that, join the conversation to learn more. We have you here, Michelle, as part of our Women's History Month. And as you know, audience knows, we have personal testimonies and stories from real women, real stories about menopause. And I know that you have a quite interesting story to share. And I won't steal your thunder, but I will prep our audience by saying part of Michelle's story has to do with PCOS. So if you've heard that word, that term, uh, or you're wondering what the heck that is, take a listen. Don't turn this podcast off. You're going to want to hear what she has to say. So with that, um, let's just dive right in. I'm going to have you tell our listeners a little bit about your background first. So if you can share with us, you know, what is your age? What's your background? um, And kind of prep your story a little bit for us. Yeah. um, So I'm 55, um, married, got three kids. We're a blended family. Um, six grandkids. <laughs> um, I'm a musician. I teach music, and um, that's that's the basics. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're 55. Are you are you postmenopause? What stage of menopause are you in right now? Well, I think I am postmenopause. Um, I had an endometrial ablation when I was, I think, 43. Okay. And so I don't really have periods, haven't had periods in years, but about three and a half years ago, I guess I kind of had like a last hurrah period. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Out of the blue with cramps and everything. Um, and then nothing since, but with an ablation, you don't bleed either. So I kind of assume that's what that was. So that would put me at 
a year without a period and some. Right, right. And for um, listeners who aren't familiar with ablations, you know, simply put in non-scientific terms, they basically fry the lining of your uterus so that you don't actually cycle. You don't have a flow every month. You don't shed that uterine lining. I had one too, and it was the best thing that I ever did. Um, But you're right. It's hard to tell when you are actually um, moving through menopause, unless you experience other symptoms. Mm-hmm. And I guess the next question I would ask you is, um, are you experiencing other symptoms, uh, menopause symptoms that are kind of telltale for you that perhaps I'm in menopause or on the other side of it? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm getting, you know, hot flashes still <laughs> and mm-hmm. night sweats still. Um, some of the brain fog just, you know, just trying to remember words sometimes. And I'm thinking, is this, is this early onset, you know, am I, am I losing my mind, you know? And then I have friends that are about 10 years younger and they'll be like, oh, what was, oh, I was just thinking of, and I'm like, okay, calm down. It's probably just that whole brain fog that comes along with menopause and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of frightening. I remember when that started happening to me, I thought the exact same thing. So that's also good for our listeners to hear that that is a symptom of perimenopause menopause, and it does go away Mm -hmm. uh, and are things that you can do, but it is kind of scary because you start Googling and you're out on the internet and that's kind of frightening as well. So kind of telltale that you are in um, some stage of menopause, if Mm -hmm. not on the other side of it. So Um, Thank you for laying that foundation for our audience. Um, I'm going to open it up to you, Michelle, and just give you the floor and have you begin to tell your story and and, and what is your journey? So um, I have had migraines with um, my periods for years and um, about three, four, five, somewhere around there, I just started getting migraines like back to back to back. I just, I could not get a handle on them. I was taking my migraine medicine like almost every single day. And, you know, because I'd had migraines for years and years, I you know reached out to my neurologist and she said, sometimes that is a symptom of perimenopause. (laughs) And, oh, okay. So at that point, I think, I think I was in my late forties, early fifties, somewhere right around there. And I'm like, well, I guess that's the time, right? You know, I don't know why else it wouldn't be that. And so that was, that was the first sign for me. Um, like I said, I really don't have periods. So that, that wasn't something that, you know, was cluing me in. And then, um, about the same time as the migraine started happening, we had done a remodel at our house and I have spent my entire life cold. Mm -hmm. I'm that person that, you know, it's like I'm cold, you know, blankets and warm sweaters and all of that stuff. And my husband lovingly installed heated floors in the bathroom and he installed (laughs) a heater in the bathroom. We have an old house and so the the bathroom was always cold. So, but there's a heater in there now and I'm getting ready in the morning and I'm opening the window up to let the 30 degree air in 
because my face is just drenched in sweat. Yeah. Like what is happening to my body right now? (laughs) Yeah. And so thank you for installing those things. I don't think I'm going to need them right now. Yes. Air conditioning, please. Yes. (laughs) And we get into the car and my husband would, you know, turn on my, my seat so that it would heat up. And I'd be like, no, 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 don't. Yes. Yes. How often were you experiencing those hot flashes? Um, in the beginning, it was, you know, daily couple times a day. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Always, always in the morning. And okay. I don't don't know why, but always in the morning and then like a couple throughout the day. And um, I teach piano and voice, so it's not a really active job. And I'd be sitting there and all of a sudden, just like, I'm just wiping sweat. And I'm sure that my face is beat red. And these poor students are looking at me like, she okay? (laughs) Yes. If that's another 50-year-old woman sitting next to you, we understand it. But a child (laughs) thinks something's seriously wrong. Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I've definitely learned to layer up because, you know, at any given moment, all of a sudden, my temperature just you know, goes up and I just, I'm starting to take things off. Yes. Yes, exactly. So the hot flashes, you hot flashes and your headaches, which is actually, it is very common in Mm -hmm. menopause. And I caught the fact that your neurologist asked and made that distinction, right? That Mm -hmm. correlation between headaches and perimenopause, which doesn't happen often uh, or all of the time. So I'm glad to hear that that was the case for you. Yeah. 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 What happened? What happened next? You're you're in you're in this stage. Um, you don't need those heated floors anymore <laughs> in no. your bathroom. Tell no. me. You know, I think the next stage is just kind of like dealing with it. You know, it's like, oh, this this is that change in life. You know, we I don't know, youth happens and we don't appreciate it when we're young. Yeah, you know, and then we get busy, life happens, and we don't think about, well, I'm not young anymore. And then your kids grow up and they move out. And then you go through this change and you start to realize it's like, oh, I I I I'm not young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not old, but I'm I'm not young. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of that next mindset that you have to like. I don't know. You can't be angry about it because you can't do anything about it. But in a way you are a little like frustrated. It's like, "Ah, but when did this happen? Yeah. When did did all of this happen? I wasn't ready for this. Yeah. You bring up a really great point. And I think something that a lot of women don't act, don't talk about, you know, we're, we call it here at Medovia, the middle place, we are straddling this place in our lives that feels really, really awkward. It's kind of like a new pair of shoes, or, you know, it feels like you're putting on uh, a new outfit and you're like, I don't, and I don't really know what outfit to put on right now <laughs> because I'm not old, but I am getting older, right? right. To your point. Right. And it is this, and it's a mix of emotions. So um, I'm going to ask you, you know, what, what emotions were you feeling? Are you feeling during this stage of life? Um, do you fluctuate? Talk to the audience here. Maybe, maybe women that haven't even started peri and menopause so that they understand that this is normal. 
Yeah. I, I feel like I'm now at a stage where it's like, I've accepted it. Um, but like there, there are moments where it just becomes really blatant that somewhere along the lines I went, you know, from young to middle, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I have some friends that are in their forties and a bunch of us went out the other night up to a casino for dinner and and whatnot. And I was the oldest woman there. Mm. And I just realized it's like, I'm, I love these people, but I don't have the same life that they have right now. You know, a lot of them are talking about raising their kids and, you know, what's it going to be like when they're empty nesters? And I'm like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> come ask me. <laughs> yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. yeah, just kind of dealing with some of that stuff. It's you. I think you do more in a little bit of mm-hmm. what you had. You know, I mean, my husband and I, even though we didn't have kids together, we had a blended family and we were empty nesters and grandparents by the time we were 43, 44. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of on the younger side as far as that goes. Um, and it just, I don't know, it just kind of throws you into a whole new world that, you know, I think the other thing is, is we looked at our grandparents and realizing that my grandma was 50 when I was born. And to me, she was always old. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yes. And then now you're like, oh, I am 50, right? I am in my fifties. Yes. Yes. Perception, perception. Right. And, and what does that look like? And that surrendering piece without feeling like you're throwing in the towel, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm not saying that we're throwing in the towel here and that we're going to let everything go to heck in a handbasket, but (laughs) but there is a realization, right? Like I Mm -hmm. I have to accept some, some things because this is what happens. Uh, The sadness, the mourning that you mentioned, and also holding in that exact same space, the joy that comes from it, the freedom that comes from it, the, um, oh, I don't even know the word, but just um, this renewal of self as well that can come with this midlife stage and menopause is is, uh, actually just freedom. It feels free in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. So um, tell me a little bit about PCOS, because you have personal experience with that as well. So PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, basically your ovaries go kind of crazy every month and they make several cysts in a normal um, ovary. You would make one cyst a month, that cyst would release the egg and so on. Because mine would make multiples, oftentimes eggs just weren't released. And um, because of that, I didn't have normal periods. And um, I, you know, when I did get pregnant, it was kind of like a miracle. Mm. It wasn't planned. (laughs) Um, And so I feel very fortunate because a lot of women with PCOS deal with infertility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. 
very and, difficult to get pregnant with PCOS. And it is, um, the ovaries are producing an abnormal amount of androgens, which are male hormones for listeners that aren't familiar with PCOS. And, and it can cause infertility or um, difficulty rather getting pregnant mm-hmm. and other things. Did you experience some of the other symptoms from PCOS as well outside yeah. of not having normal periods? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's other things. So there's insulin resistance that often goes hand in hand with that. And so I had been on metformin for years. Um, and actually I've started following somebody who does a whole PCOS diet. Mm-hmm. And in the process of doing that, I've lost weight. I've lowered my numbers. I'm no longer taking metformin for, um, my insulin resistance. Um, there's other things, sometimes high cholesterol, um, you know, there's unwanted body hair, <laughs> there's yeah, just, the male hormones, right? Yeah. yeah. It's just all kinds of, of things that, you know, and then all of that plays into a woman's psyche too, because you want to do what your body is made to do. You want to have babies, you want to, you know, be pretty, you don't want to have to deal with, you know, fucking things. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly, right? You have all of that other layered identity stuff out there, right? And then on top of it PCOS, which is is the symptoms that you just mentioned, but also irregular periods, having difficulty getting pregnant, and it is getting better, but sometimes it's hard to diagnose PCOS as well. So I'm just wondering what that experience was like for you with your healthcare practitioner or practitioners. Well, I actually diagnosed myself <laughs> uh, years ago. My husband and I did Atkins and I read the book and I got to this one chapter in the book and he's talking about PCOS and he's describing it. And I'm like, holy cow, that sounds like me. And so when I did go in and see my gynecologist, I said, is that possible? Could I have PCOS? And um, yeah, so I've had an ultrasound and they've looked at my ovaries. And so they did confirm that later. But, you know, prior to that, I would go to the doctor and I'd say, you know, I'm in my 20s and my 30s and I'm still having these irregular periods. Mm -hmm. They'd be like, "Okay, well, let's put you on the pill. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to ask you if you were um, given the pill. Yeah, as a solution. Mm-hmm. Multiple times. Yeah. And, you know, at, at times you don't want to be on the pill. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so that was frustrating. They would, you know, they'd look at my cholesterol numbers and they would, well, you need to eat less, you know, fried foods. And I'm like, I don't eat a lot of fried foods. Mm-hmm. You know, just this kind of dismissive. Like, well, here's, here's the issue. Just take this pill, just do this, do that. And rather than, you know, getting to the root of the issue. Yeah. The um, holistic care, right. The whole person. Um, and so for women that might be experiencing some of the same things, the irregular periods and maybe the unwanted body hair and some of the weight gain and your cholesterol levels, um, what, what would be your recommendation? If you were, if you could reverse time and go back, what mm-hmm. advice would you give someone that's in the same shoes? Well, like I said, I started following someone who has this whole PCOS diet. And the number one thing I would say is give up sugar. 
<laughs> I know oh, that. Darn it. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That's probably one of the hardest things for a lot of people. I, I've pretty much given up sugar altogether and I don't miss it, but I, I've never been a sugar person. I'm more of a salts person. You're going to find me at the chip table, uh-huh. find me at the cookies table. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things that we can do with using food as medicine as opposed to, and I'm not saying don't use medicine. If you need medicine, use it. Um, But I think when we put a lot of the right things in our body, our body will respond to that. Mm -hmm. You know, I I mean, couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more, Michelle, the gut, um, the gut connection Mm -hmm. is pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it is. So you learned to, um, you learned that through your diet, you could, and I, I use the word diet very lightly. I don't mean like a fad crash diet, but, uh, maybe lifestyle eating, right. Uh, for you, for your body and what was happening at that place in that time mm-hmm. worked for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's Anything else that you would like to share with the audience as it relates to your menopause journey, your PCOS journey, um, anything that I haven't asked you that you would love to leave with the audience? Well, you know, I, I love this. I love this, that what you're doing. Um, but, you know, I mean, women should talk to women and, (laughs) you know, if they've been there, I think a lot of us are willing to share. Um, cause it's, it is a journey and we should, I remember, okay. I remember when I was like 11, 12 and every weekend on Monday mornings, we would discuss who got their periods. Mm -hmm, (laughs) It was big thing, you know, but a lot of people are like, Uh, not really talking about menopause that much. I don't remember my grandmother ever saying a word about menopause. And my mom had a hysterectomy when I was seven. So she never really truly went through the traditional menopause. Right. Right. You know, with having a hysterectomy, yes, she did, but it would have been much earlier on and I wouldn't have paid much attention at that age. Um, you know, but to have these conversations to, you know, I think talk about what our bodies are doing and it is normal while it may not be enjoyable. It is normal. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. It is a normal process that our body goes through, whether it's from a hysterectomy and you're pushed into menopause right away, or it's happening more naturally, right? It it is something that our bodies go through and our my grandmother didn't talk to me about menopause either. My mom didn't talk to me about menopause either. I don't know that she even knew she was going through menopause. So um, storytelling is really important. Uh, And I thank you again for telling your story so that our daughters and their daughters and other generations have a different history, right? The history looks different going forward. Um, And we keep hearing community. Uh, mm-hmm. When we when we ask for advice from our guests, we hear that a lot. So encourage that. I emphasize that to find your community. We need to just open up these conversations and pull back that curtain so that we change the narrative and we uh, make it okay to talk about menopause. It's okay 
Just like yeah. our periods, right? How fun was it giggling as girls in the room in our PJs talking about periods, right? We can do the same <laughs> yeah. thing with menopause and laugh about our hot flashes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, thank you again. We we end all of our podcasts with a rapid fire. So we're going to rapid fire a little with you. And, and I know a couple of things already about you because you mentioned cats and you mentioned salty. <laughs> so <laughs> we already know that about you, Michelle. But would you say coffee or tea? Oh, coffee. 100%. Coffee for sure. Okay. All right. Get up with it or do you go to bed with it? <laughs> uh, get up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How about uh, lake or ocean? Ocean. Okay. You're an ocean gal. Like the waves, do you like the waves or is it the yes. sand? The the wave, well, all of it. Okay. Just smell, all of it. Yeah. A beach gal. All right. How about morning person or night owl? Okay. That's something I didn't mention about menopause, but the, <laughs> the lack of sleep. So I've become more of a morning person. Yeah, the whole, this is why maybe our grandparents got up early. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yeah. Yeah. All right, and last but not least, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Um, uh, I started taking a supplement with black cohosh in it. And that seems to work pretty well. I ran out of it for a few weeks and I noticed a difference with the hot flashes. So I would, yeah, if you're not opposed to taking a, you know, a natural supplement, (laughs) do your research and find one that works for you. Yeah. Yeah. Black cohosh. We hear that a lot as well with hot flashes. Caution if you're mixing it with other uh, drugs or other supplements, um, as always, check with your healthcare provider. But we've heard that, that it helps as well. So thank you for that. And listening audience, that is a wrap. So until next time, go find joy in the journey. Bye-bye now. Thank you for listening to the Medovia Menopause Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please give it a thumbs up, subscribe for future episodes, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend. There are more than 50 million women in the U.S. who are navigating the menopause transition. The situation is compounded by the presence of stigma, shame, and secrecy surrounding menopause posing significant challenges and disruptions in women's personal and professional spheres. Medovia is out to change the narrative. Learn more at medovia.com. That's M-I-D-O-V-I-A.com.